You know, for me, I think one of the, the best questions that we can ever ask in a marriage is not, how do we have a better marriage? I think that actually, that is the worst question. Why? Well, because I can't control Aaron and it takes two of us to have a great marriage. I think the best question that we can ask in our marriage is, how can I be a better spouse? Dr. Greg Smalley is back with us again today on Focus on the Family, along with his wife, Erin, and they're describing better ways husbands and wives can work through expectations and disappointments and experience the kind of marriage that God designed for us. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly. Thanks for joining us today. I'm John Fuller. Hey John, we had a wonderful conversation last time with the Smalleys, and this is good stuff that every marriage really needs, uh, not only to survive, but to thrive as a couple. And I want to challenge those of us who claim the name of Christ in a culture where marriage is constantly being redefined and often degraded. We need to show the world something better. Uh, We don't have to be perfect, but better is a good goal. We have to live out God's word and how we love and serve our spouse. And when you do that, you'll experience a more fulfilling relationship. Uh, Greg and Aaron are experts in this field. They've devoted their lives to bettering not only their own marriage, but everyone else around them as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, They head up our marriage ministry team here at Focus, and I really appreciate their insights. Uh, Their humor is just like Greg's dad, Gary, so rich, and their vulnerability about the challenges that they faced in their own marriage. Uh, That, I think, is what attracts people to them. They're very open about their shortcomings. And I'm looking forward to part two of our discussion. And the Smalleys have written a wonderful book. It's called The Wholehearted Wife, 10 Keys to a More Loving Relationship. And by the way, the co-writer on this book was Greg's dad, the late Gary Smalley. He was a great friend to this ministry and one of our most popular broadcast guests. And today on the episode, we're going to pick up our conversation with the Smalleys at the point where Aaron responded to some of the common frustrations that wives have in marriage. Really, we desire more than that. We want a great marriage. We want a great relationship. No, we can't control our spouse, our our husband. We can't change him, but we sure have the power to influence. And so I love Ephesians 6, 7. It says, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not man. And so really, when I show up as a wife, I want to serve. I want to serve the Lord. I want to serve wholeheartedly. I'm all in. I want to do everything I can that I can control. And that's me in this marriage relationship to influence and to impact this relationship. Let's talk a minute about what we bring into marriage. I touched on that. It, It tends to form our opinions and and the way we react under crisis or Mm -hmm. maybe just generally. And I see that. I can be really sharp with my tongue and my thoughts. I'm fairly quick, maybe not that quick, (laughs) in terms of responding to something. And and I think for Gene and I, that's where I've got to be careful and mindful that I don't use either the kind of the sharp wit to cut down. And I I do that far too often. Mm. And uh, and she's very much a golden retriever, yeah, and a very loving person, yeah. very kind Sensitive person. And so yeah. my cute little darts that I give myself such credit for actually are just crushing her. Yeah, and I've I think I've got my hands on that far better than when I was younger and more immature in our marriage. I guess Jane will have to let me know, <laughs> which she will tonight when I get home. <laughs> but but that's what I'm talking about. What Aaron? What did you bring in? to your relationship with Greg, what 
family of origin things? What did you have mm-hmm. to work through? I had I, I mentioned this yesterday that I had a lot of um, I was lacking a lot of knowledge and skills with relationships, and so I learned a lot from. Greg's dad and from Bible studies from other women and and really set off on a journey of learning and growing. And really, I, communication wasn't a strong point for me. Conflict, how to deal with conflict in a healthy way wasn't a big strength for me. And then also anger was something that I was raised in a home where my dad, he was the, the most gentle spirit. But boy, when he got upset, it was it, you it know exploded. it was an explosion and so often in our family when we would work through something it was very explosive and very volatile versus greg came from a family where that was not the case at all oh we we avoided conflict we would never raise our voices and so is aaron and i would get into disagreement and the energy would go up and our voice would go up i mean it just i didn't know what to do so you're coming from really two opposite oh, extremes very much so mm-hmm. Yeah. It, you, and how did you reconcile that? How did you learn that uh, we're both kind of in a not so good spot? Where's good middle ground? Yeah. I mean, that was part of our problem is that how we handle conflict ultimately is what we call we're both fighters. Like we're going to pursue, we're going to engage. We want to battle this thing through. We want to talk it through. We want to argue it through. And oftentimes in a marriage, you see one that's more of a fighter. The other is a flighter, more of a withdrawer. But for us, oh, we were going to go toe to toe in the sense of we're going to engage mm. and pursue one another, and you know, and that's what was so challenging, you know, for us. It's hard, and it's something that we still have to to work on. I know. Just the other day, I was driving in the parking lot of our school, dropping the kids off, and it was there was a lot. Of, so this is a while ago. There's snow, and and we were late, and I was frustrated with Aaron going. You know, I was needing to leave on time, and whatever was going on, you know, the, we couldn't leave on time, so I was late. And uh, there's snow on the ground, and literally I wasn't paying attention, and I smashed into the back of this woman's van. Oh, my. So now, talk about being really late. So she gets out, and so we're talking, and it was cold. So I brought her into my car, giving her my information. And so she's writing down my information of my license, and the radio was on. And so all of a sudden, a commercial came on that was talking about this this father-daughter dance that was coming up in the Colorado Springs area. And as soon as I heard it, I went, oh, no. And so she's listening to this, and she goes, hey, my husband and daughter, they're going to that. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. And then all of a sudden it said, and featuring special guest speaker, Dr. Greg Smalley. And she's oh. looking at the license. She went, that's you. And I went, yes, please don't tell anybody what I've, what I've done. I was so – I was just so through all of that. I was just frustrated. I mean, I, you know, I – smashed her car, smashed my car. Now there's all this damage I've got to pay. And I remember calling her and just didn't handle it right. And, you know, I was frustrated and <laughs> versus, you know, more than anything, I think what I've learned, and, and this is the whole point of the book, is that it's not about how can I have a better marriage. It's how can I be a better spouse? What do I need to learn? What I've learned is that I need a little bit of time before I call her, before I respond to her, or it's not going to go well. Mm. I need some time to pull back and especially to go to the Lord and try to get some perspective. And more than anything that I've learned about conflict, that's what's helped me, is that um, if I can just get a little bit of distance and then go to the Lord, and usually it's like, okay, 
your daughter, you created her. What in the world? What is she doing? You tell, you know, but finally in the midst of my prayer, I finally sink into God. What do I need to do? What are you, how are you going to use this to reveal something about me that I need to, mm. to work on? And what I found is that when I focus on me in those moments to get my heart back open, then I'm able to come back and re-engage. And then we have a better conversation. The thing that messes me up is when I'm hurt and frustrated and mad, if I go to her off the bat, this is never going to work because mm. I'm shut down. And Greg, that really is the thing about setting patterns. That's where you get into a habit and a pattern, and then you don't communicate, and he just watches news, weather, and sports, and she's doing other things, and you're not um, having relationship. And then it snowballs, doesn't it? What do we need to do as husbands? We said we we're going to pick on husbands a bit. Let's pick on <laughs> ourselves. What do we need to do to better understand how to help our wives become wholehearted? Because we have a role in it. Yeah, we are. I, I always like to think that part of my job is not to make Aaron become more like Christ. Tried to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good thing. Yeah, it really doesn't. Don't say that out loud, by the way. <laughs> but really, I am also her helpmate. In other words, I'm helping her on this journey that she's on with the Lord to become more like him. So how can I help her? And and I just I always go back to Ephesians 5. I mean, when you think of that whole passage of Scripture, Ephesians 5, 25 through 33, here's what stands out to me for the man. Okay, Paul uses approximately 216 words in that section of Scripture. Approximately, okay? <laughs> okay, 62 of them are addressed to the wife. 154 of those words and are addressed to And most women right now husband. are saying, see, proves my point. Okay, that's 71% of what Paul is saying is directed to the man. That's a big deal. There's something there that I really need to understand. And so give then, us the nutshell of yeah, what he's saying to I us. I think what it comes down to, one, and again, we all know this, but you know, my job is to love her sacrificially. So Christ gave up his life for the church. I am to love her that way, giving up what I want, serving her. I mean, we've talked about this before. What would it be like in a marriage of every single day that I woke up trying to outserve her? I can't, I, I would love it if she tried to do that. But again, I can't control that. But what if that was my goal? Is I'm going to love her like Christ loved the church. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to give up my stuff. And again, Paul says it over and over. I'm to love my wife as I love my own body. And then he says, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it. Guys, that's it. I mean, if you did nothing else but focused on those two words, to cherish her, to recognize her value, to really truly get, this is an amazing person. This woman that I married is just so valuable. King Solomon says in Proverbs that that a wife is a man's greatest treasure. I mean, mm. think about that. She is so valuable. Even if I don't see it, even if I'm so mad at her that I don't get it, it doesn't change. Mm. So from that spot of, of cherishing her, then I'm motivated then to serve her, to nourish her. So then it becomes, guys, just a matter of going, so what does Aaron like? What does she need for me? What helps her to feel loved? When I do whatever, if I went on a quest to go, Aaron, just answer the statement, I feel loved when you, you know, guys, write that down. You have been given a formula. There it is. And I think if we do those things to cherish her, to nourish her, that's it. Mm. I mean, that should be our focus, not on what she's doing or not doing. It's hard to do as a human being, it but is. it's the right thing to do. Aaron, let me ask you, though, because I think some of this healing needs to occur where, uh, you know, you deal with 
the past to kind of ask the Lord to get into the perhaps the dark closet mm-hmm. of our life. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not always the big things, mm-hmm. you know, uh, pornography or something like that. These can be relational things. For example, you and your dad, um, you felt like you had a breakthrough mm-hmm. and a healing mm-hmm. moment when mm-hmm. it came to this dynamic that you learned as a daughter mm-hmm. and the way that he would rage and how that would impact you. Talk about that. I think it would touch a lot of women. Mm -hmm. You know, so often when you come from a home with a dad that rages or has anger, it's something that is handed down. And it's not something that we want. Because as a young mom, I swore, I was like, I will never take this into my marriage, into I'm not going to pass this on to my kids. But then all of a sudden, you're frustrated, you're hurt, you've got kids running everywhere, chaos, and suddenly you find yourself snapping. Right. And you go back to what you were raised with. What you experienced. What we experienced. And really, by making that vow, I'm not going to do this. Really, what we're doing is tying ourselves to it. Mm. And if you are experiencing anger as a woman, more than likely, and as a man, more than likely, someone in your family of origin also dealt with it. And it's something that's been passed on. And I decided, I was like, Lord, I do not want to carry this legacy. This is not what I want to pass on to my kids. And so I I started praying. And I didn't even know if Greg knew um, what was going on for me personally, spiritually, that it really was the prayer of my heart, Lord, help me break this pattern. I do not want it. And every time I would lose it, I would just feel horrible. I didn't feel good about Mm. who I was because that's not who I wanted to be. And so I would go to the Lord again and say, Lord, please take this away. Well, this may not be how it happens for you, but this is how it happened for me. There was one day where I went to yell at one of my kids, poor soul, and I couldn't yell. I started coughing. And to this day, when I'm standing at a soccer game and trying to cheer my kids on, I literally, I'll scream and there'll be this scratchiness in my throat. And it's just a reminder to say, this is what God did. He healed me from that anger. He and I together broke that pattern. How did that happen? You know what, what happened in your life that it really worked? Well, as I begin to understand anger, there's so much underneath anger. Really, when you show up raging or angry and frustrated, there's other emotions that are going on. Really, anger is a smoke signal, is what we call it, that there's something more going on. There's something brewing underneath. Fear, hurt, frustration, disappointment. Something is going on that's leading you to this place of anger. So as I started to understand, and like Greg talked about, what I needed to do in those moments, as I started to feel my heart rate increasing and things intensifying, you really to take a break and step back and to become aware. Because again, so often what we do, we are not aware of what's driving it or even that we're doing it. And so to step back and really get in touch with what's going on right now for me. Hmm. And, you know, and to name it, to say, you know what, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. Busyness can do this to us. When we go from one thing to the next, our heart closes, our heart shuts down to step back and go, okay, right now my heart is closed. Mm. And when our heart is is closed, that's the times that we're going to do, we're going to say things that are not reflective of who we want to be. Did you have that moment with your dad where you were able to talk with him? Yes. And really, the great news is that working through it, you know, I, I went to counseling. Greg and I spent numerous hours talking about this, that really 
I had released it to where I really went through a season of forgiveness of just a process of forgiving him and really landing at a place of, you know, I'm probably never going to hear and I'm sorry, I'm not going to hear of, you know, this is what I did wrong. And I really got to the place that I really didn't need to hear that. Um, I met him at Mimi's a restaurant and we were just sitting there talking and typically conversations with him would end up escalating, mm. especially if it was about something in our relationship. And so we, I sat down and he looked at me and he said, I have a question to ask you. And I literally went, here we go. This is how it always goes. And so it's going to end up tense and I'm going to have to really try to control this. And he looked at me and he said, Aaron, he said, zero to 10, how was I as a dad? Hmm. Wow. And I almost fell over. I literally was dumbfounded. I didn't know how to respond to that. And he said, you haven't answered. And I said, Dad, I got to take some time to think about this. And so I did what any grown woman would do. I grabbed my cell phone and I ran into the bathroom and I called Greg. <laughs> oh, wow. I told her to rate him a 9.3. Yeah. Because that worked he, out yeah. so well for me when I did you that. You did that long <laughs> ago. It sounds familiar. But yeah, so I mean, you're partly in panic. Yes. Uh, I, how did you, when you came out of the ladies' room and sat down at the I table? I sat down and I, I, really, I had Greg calmed me and he said, you know, ask him why he's asking you that. So I came back and I said, Dad, why now? What are you looking for? And he said, you know what? When you get to the end of your life, you look back and there are things that you regret. And one of the things I regret is the anger. Mm -hmm. that I brought into our house, how I treated your mom, how I treated you at times. Mm -hmm. And tears started flowing down his face. And really, honestly, never in a million years thought I would, would get to this place. And as he was talking, I said, you know what, Dad, I want to be a great mom. Anger is something that I've had to deal with as well. I said, you know, I've worked and worked to do things the right way, but there are things I'm going to have to go back and own and apologize for things that I didn't mean, things that I said, things that, you know, I impacted my girls or my, our son that I didn't really mean. Mm -hmm. And as I was talking, the Holy Spirit was telling me, tell him you've already forgiven him. And I, I was like, oh, I'm not going to, I can't say that. And so I started in, I said, you know what, dad, the things that you did great, he was a hairstylist. He always did my hair. He introduced <laughs> me to some really high quality hair products early on in life. And yeah, I said, you know what, dad? You, Pat. Yeah. I said, thanks a lot, dad. You didn't tell me these were so expensive. Greg didn't like that. You know, when we got married and <laughs> well, your hair were, looks great. <laughs> they were no longer free. And I, you know, and I, I said, but dad, the hardest thing was the anger. And he said, I know, I know. And then I said, you know what, dad? The good news is I said, I've already forgiven you. I said, it's done. And the unreal thing is that in the wholehearted wife and the dedication portion of it, I wrote it to three men, to my dad, to my father-in-law, and to my husband. And again, the Holy Spirit said, show them. And I, so I pulled it up on my phone. I had a, an email with it in it, and so I handed it to him. And as he was reading it, just the utter pain and pleasure, I mean, it was all... Yeah. In one, it was just the restoration of the relationship, something I never, ever dreamt I would have this side of heaven. Uh. And sweet Annie was actually with me through this whole conversation, and she's patting my face, going, Mommy, it's wet. It's wet. And I'm like, yes, it's their happy tears, Annie, happy tears. Mm. And walking out of that restaurant that day, our relationship will never be the same. Well, a couple of things from that observation. One, for everybody, um, do what you can to heal the relationships now. Mm -hmm. Why wait? Mm -hmm. um, why go to your grave? Mm -hmm. uh, not healing the most important relationships in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, Jim, the thing, too, that I'd add in there is that what I've watched my wife do, so in spite of how I've treated her at times, in spite of what her dad has done, what I will say 
is that some time ago she did make a decision that that she had a choice in this, and either she could remain resentful, um, hurt, disconnected in that relationship, or she could figure out how to forgive and pursue her dad. And that's what I've watched. Mm. She invited him to that father-daughter date night that I was speaking at. And so he flew out. We flew him out, and he got to be there. And I think that's the point, is that even if we're not going to have a dad to pursue us to say, you know what, I was wrong, and I love you, and bless us, give us that blessing, is that the point of the book is that we can choose to do things that will impact a relationship. And she would never say this, but I know that God has used that persistence in her life and the fact that she got her heart back open to her dad, and that paved the way. And and I love that he, I hate to say rewarded, and I don't think that's what happened. But, you know, I mean, it turned out great, but it may not for you. And it doesn't matter. What matters is that we respond and we make choices and we can influence and impact relationships just by doing some things differently. And that's really what we were trying to to help a woman. But I mean, it's good advice for a guy as well is that is it doesn't matter what my wife is doing, that I can choose to show up differently. And mm. those are the things that I want to do. That's the kind of man I want to be. I think that's what we're called to do. Well, and I think the key thing there, Aaron, as I'm hearing you, is this idea that there are things, again, in your past that will hold you back mm-hmm. or spring you forward mm-hmm. um, in your relationship with your husband. And that's a profound thing. I was just thinking of you as a little girl mm. with your dad in that moment and those things that you learned. I mean, in so many ways, we as fathers are preparing our children, in this case, our daughters, mm-hmm. and we're failing in some ways as fathers, preparing daughters to be the wives that they should be. And again, mm-hmm. it's amazing how it all ties together mm-hmm. in God's plan when a daughter feels the right things and learns the right things from her dad. Um, she knows how to be treated. She knows uh, what it means to be um, manly in that power, that anger is not godly if it's outside those boundaries of what the Bible talks about. You learn those things mm-hmm. as a little girl, and mm-hmm. you see them in your dad, and you bring them into the relationship. How did that help you forgive Greg? How did forgiveness, uh, how was that learned now as this relationship with your father is improving? Mm-hmm. How did you bring that into your relationship with Greg? How did I to, get dragged back into this? <laughs> well, to better understand who he yeah. was as a man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really, forgiveness is a choice. And we are faced with multiple opportunities pretty much every single day to forgive someone and to offer that. And it's not something that's always easy. It's not something that is going to, you know, we can choose forgiveness, but the relationship may not be restored. But like Greg was saying, it goes back to us and who do we want to be in that journey that I went on of deciding that, you know what, this is my father and I'm called to honor him and I'm called to respect him. It also in my marriage, I'm called to honor and respect my husband. And my heart has to be open. And my heart is my responsibility, regardless of what I was raised with, regardless of what I learned. As women, we can make choices to go on the journey of healing our hearts and doing some work to allow our hearts to be open and vibrant. John 10.10 says he came to give us life and give it to the full. And part of having a full life is having an open, vibrant heart. A vulnerable heart, too. Mm -hmm. Risk. Yes. That's what we're talking about. I think the Lord loves it when we risk, especially in this area of forgiveness. Go out on a limb. 
it's amazing how God will show up for you. Uh, Dr. Greg Smalley, his wonderful wife, wholehearted wife, Erin <laughs> Smalley, you've written this book, The Wholehearted Wife, and thank you so much for being vulnerable and being with us today. Thanks. Thank you. Always great to have the Smalleys in the studio, and uh, that's how Jim and I concluded the conversation with them on this episode of Focus on the Family. Uh, We do hope you were encouraged by their insights about marriage and family and that you found their transparency to be something you could relate to. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller. As women, we can make choices to go on the journey of healing our heart and doing some work to allow our hearts to be open and vibrant. Those words from Erin Smalley are powerful. I think that every woman wants her heart to be open and vibrant, but there may be a journey of healing that needs to take place before we can get there. Our encouragement from the Smalleys today is that we work on ourselves first and figure out how we can become a better spouse. And that's how we'll begin to transform our marriages. Greg and Erin's book, The Wholehearted Wife, provides every woman with skills, information, and encouragement to invest in her marriage and her relationship with her husband today as she ponders the question, how can I be the best wife I can be? You'll find The Wholehearted Wife at our online store when you visit safamily.co.za or you can give us a call on 031-716-3300. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Alison Schnell for Focus on the Family Africa, inviting you back next time when we'll, as always, help you and your family thrive in Christ.